Welcome to Nice Ashes. This is Mike. And I'm Nate. What are we smoking today, Nate? We are doing the Nub Habano, uh, the 5-inch. So it's about a full inch longer than the rest of their nubs. Yes, yes. And uh, last episode we did the 4-inch nub. And I think that we smoked it too fast because I let it sit and I smoked a little bit more. And Nate and I were talking about this before the show. And it did sweeten up again until about an inch left of the cigar. So we'll see what we do with this one. So it's a race. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we can uh, see if the added inch changes anything about the uh, the overall smoke. Sure. Sooner not pleasant enough. Yeah. Uh, kind of like to no one. Yeah, kind of like how I remember from uh, last episode. Right. <laughs> so, um, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, I was just going to say, and you said just puff down on this thing, right? Just uh, like in those cartoons, you remember watching like the old Looney Tunes when a character would smoke a cigar and they'd smoke it all in one puff. And so they'd have a oh, full yeah. like cigar length of ash that would then fall to the ground uh, with perfect comedic timing. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I thought we'd talk about uh, visitors. Visitors. That's an interesting way to put it. Well, visitors from outer space, uh, aliens or extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. For those, uh, depending on how how much research you've done into them. Uh, I've not done a whole lot of research into aliens. Uh, what about you, Mike? I uh, read Bob Lazar's book, and I've listened to many, many podcasts uh, about aliens. Okay, so this will be a good topic then for us to uh, to talk yeah, about. I mean, so, did you listen to the Joe Rogan episode with Bob Lazar? Nope, I don't know who Bob Lazar is. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but I've consumed some other alien media of late, so I figured it'd be yeah. a good thing. And I'm glad that we both don't. Maybe I mean maybe and maybe you've heard of. Uh, I'm going to talk about Stephen Greer. I don't know who that is. Okay, well then this will be perfect because I kind of wanted to look at this whole alien thing. Um, and so it's good that we don't have have the same people that we've uh, listened to. But I think maybe yes. we should start out with, um, I don't know, do you think we should start out with, I think we're going to have to, I think we're going to have to start out with whether you or I, or, you know, what each of our personal thoughts are on the existence of aliens in general, and then we can probably dive into if we think aliens have ever visited humans. Okay, because that's how I was going to break it apart. Okay. Uh, I think that it's very likely that alien life exists. Uh, I don't know if that alien life is advanced enough to leave their planet. Uh, and I have no idea if alien life has visited our planet. I think that a lot of the alien stuff that we get is just as, if not more likely, to be misinformation by the government yeah and, and we'll get into some of that kind of stuff a little bit later uh but i too uh given how vast the universe is uh believe that there's 
probably life out there. Uh, whether that life isn't intelligent like we are uh, or not. I mean, there's different, different levels of intelligence. And, uh, you know, statistically speaking, we're, as we <laughs> rank intelligence, we're the most intelligent on the planet. Uh, that doesn't mean everybody, you know, your neighbor may or may not be. Um, but we have complex thoughts and we can enunciate and, and communicate and, um, you know, and there's some other uh, animals that are, you know, entering the Stone Age now. If you heard about that, uh, the, chim- I, the chimpanzees, I think, have entered the Stone Age. I've um, heard that. So uh, we're very uh, particular groups that are with humans. Yeah. In close um, contact with humans. And the other thing is, have they visited, have they visited humans? I don't know. Uh, I guess I would say probably not. Um, or, you know, if they have, probably not recently, not since we've uh, invented radar and stuff. I don't know. Um, sure. But the, the, the thing is, the space is so big that anybody looking back from a habitable planet or a potentially habitable planet, and if they're looking at Earth, they're seeing dinosaurs walking on the face of the planet because the light hasn't got there from us yet. So they don't know that we're an advanced civilization. They think, we're a bunch of dinosaurs walking around uh, because that's just how that distance works. Even though light is super fast, that's how that distance works is they're not seeing us as we are today. So for them to say, Hey, there's dinosaurs there. Why don't we get in our spaceship and uh, fly for a few million years or what, you know, like whatever, who knows how fast they can travel. But uh, right. I mean, we can use our imagination to imagine how they could fly faster than the speed of light. And that's how it would have to work. I don't know if there's any strong evidence to show that you can fold space, you know, like you can in sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> It'd be uh, you know, if we could. there's lots of hypotheses, hypotheses, theories out there, uh, of how to, you know, get places quicker than, you know, eons. Um, but then also it's like, well, can they look faster than light too? Because they would have to also have like a telescope that would be able to look at the light that we're emitting right now, not the light that we emitted, you know, millions of years ago. So, because otherwise they would still see dinosaurs, even if they could get here and the dinosaurs would be gone. So it gets really kind of mind-boggling and crazy when you start thinking about the the distances in space. Yes, it is. It's even more mind-boggling to know that the pyramids were landing sites for uh, alien spacecraft. (laughs) Yes. Um, Actually, you know what? I just found out uh, that aliens have visited us because my butthole just tingled, so... Uh, I think it's my time soon. Uh, avenge me. There's a lot of alien abduction stories, and they all sound very similar. That does not necessarily mean that it's aliens doing it or that it's real. Yes. Well, and I don't know. Maybe I'll start with Stephen Greer because I think that's a little more mainstream. Um, and a little, and he, he's, I guess he's technically a doctor. Um, I don't remember of what. Uh, but not not extraterrestrial studies. He's like a different 
different sort of doctor. And um, so my wife had started watching Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which is like a little docu-series. And, uh, and then she wanted to watch their feature-length documentary called Unacknowledged. And okay. I will say that uh, he definitely is a lot more sane than the Ancient Aliens and History Channel. Okay. So a lot of the Ancient Alien stuff is they find a, a human skull and then they look at it and say, oh, it doesn't have the suture lines. It has to be alien. And so I looked it up real quick because, you know, you've got the Google machine in your pocket at all times. And uh, and I don't watch this stuff. It was when we were over at somebody else's. But uh, it was like, yeah, those kind of disappear anywhere between age 7 and 70. And so some people die before they disappear. Sometimes they don't disappear. Like it's not a not a huge deal. Like it's not a it's not a medical mystery that should make anybody go and say, well, it doesn't have the, the same lines that most skulls have. So it's got to be an alien, you know, and that's like, that's not even, that's not even pseudoscience. That's just wishful thinking on, on the show's part. You know, they just get these crazy people in there and they say, okay, what can we, you know, randomly say as aliens today? Sure. Uh, but this guy, he's a little more methodical and he's apparently got, you know, dossiers, on uh, lots of different things and they brought in people that allegedly worked for the you know the air force in roswell and they claimed that their job was misinformation and they weren't able to discuss about things but they totally saw something there and uh, i guess his his uh the stephen greer's newest thing is he believes that anybody uh can contact aliens <clears throat> if they want to and really his, and well yes and his belief <laughs> is that Aliens don't want to do us any harm, and they're more worried about us blowing ourselves up than they are of anything else uh, because of our nuclear capabilities. So already you can kind of tell without getting into any of his alien data or facts, as he claims, uh, that he's got an agenda. Right. Right. The aliens are peaceful. They're not going to hurt us, um, which there's really, I mean, you know, there's really nothing on our planet to give anybody that impression. I no, mean, look at, look I, at humanity from from the dawn of time. Look at animals fighting each other. Look at, you know, I mean, just look at everything in nature. It's always a struggle, you know. Uh, I suppose you could evolve to the point, right, where you wouldn't wouldn't need any of that. But I, uh, I always thought it would be interesting to meet aliens until I heard Richard, uh, oh, Stephen Hawking. I was going to say Richard Dawkins, but oh, yeah. Stephen Hawking that did a little... Uh, speech about it and in this in this little statement he made he said that meeting an alien civilization would be like the Native Americans meeting Europeans for the first time and I yeah. was like that is probably the truth dude yep. that is probably the truth <laughs> and it did not go very well for the Native Americans and we are the Native Americans in that scenario so yeah, <laughs> it's probably if, if there is a, a a more advanced alien civilization, it would be not good for us if we came into contact with them. Yeah. Most likely. Most likely. Uh, but so anyway, Stephen Greer believes that, and now I haven't seen, this is his new series out, The uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. But in, in summation, and, and again, not having watched it or 
not being an expert on uh, contacting peaceful aliens whenever I uh, choose to, you can apparently meditate and get into a deep meditative state and reach out to the cosmos and communicate with these uh, friendly, friendly aliens. Um, okay. So I don't know. I don't know much about that other than uh, I don't know if you've heard of a study called the God Helmet. Mm-mm. So this was a clinical medical tr- study that they did, and they built this helmet to stimulate with electric shocks or electric impulses different areas of your brain. And they would put it on you, and people who would wear this helmet would claim to see angels in the room. They would claim to see deceased loved ones in the room. And so they were con- the, the patients anyway, or the subjects, were 100% convinced that this helmet allowed them to tear through the life-death veil and see heaven and, and things. And they, reported, they all reported uh, similar senses of euphoria as the in- extremely devout experience in a church service. So it was stimulating that same area of the brain whatever area that is, me not being a scientist um, or doctor. But I was curious because I was thinking that was the first thing that popped into my head is if you are able to somehow through training or, you know, willful delusion uh, activate certain areas of your brain, you could certainly believe you were communicating with something or somebody. I mean, it's kind of like how a Ouija board works. Yes. Yeah. You can't have an Ouija board where you're working alone. You can, but it loses the charm. (laughs) Or you have a serious illness. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that too. Uh, And then we'll look forward to watching the uh, Hollywood horror film remake of your story. But in the, in the documentary, so that, that bit aside, I just figured I had to mention that uh, just up front that, he, he has some kind of out there claims, uh, you know, but for this documentary, he went through and presented all this evidence. And uh, his big thing was stop asking uh, the people that believe that aliens are here to give you proof. We've given you proof. There's plenty of proof out there. Uh, and then he proceeded for, you know, the hour and a half of the documentary to not really give conclusive evidence or proof. Um, right. So it's kind of hard to take him at face value. Now, I know the Pentagon did release a bunch of UFO papers recently. Their papers just confirmed the leaked information we already had. Yeah, that they saw something they couldn't identify doesn't necessarily mean it's an alien. That they saw something they claimed they couldn't identify. Yes. That's more important. They claimed they couldn't identify it. Uh I am partial to the idea that uh, a lot of the alien sightings are a part of like the the old Cold War game uh, and the current geopolitics. You know, yeah, we're seeing this crazy thing that the U.S. military is not capable of, and here's the evidence that's leaked to you know blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, I'm partial to that theory. It's possible that there's aliens, of course. I'm not going to deny that. It, my fantasy and wonder wants that to be true. Well, yeah. Um, I first got, not first got introduced to aliens. Um, 
uh, it was at a barbecue and uh, no, um, I mean, of course, like growing up watching uh, Star Trek and X-Files and things, it was always, you know, aliens were, were everywhere. Did you but... watch Star Trek as a child? Yeah. See, I did not. I saw a couple episodes on UPN 9. Okay. Uh, but we didn't have satellite or anything like that growing up, so. No, nah, my dad uh, had them all on VHS. Oh, see, my dad was not into it at all. Okay, my yeah. parents weren't into sci-fi. They were westerns okay. and uh, old movies and Disney movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and, and um, earlier on, I think TNG was still on the air. And then um, completely blanking on uh, your favorite captain's Deep show. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Deep yep. Space Nine. And then, and then Voyager and then Enterprise. And we watched like all of those every week. You know, there's just over the lake, local... Um, I know. I think, uh, I think it was, well, okay. So it was after, this is like during high schools when I kind of really started watching that stuff. Cause then we had, we actually had satellite, um, at that time. Uh-huh. But, uh, the first, the first, I think the first thing that I kind of read that was, uh, somebody seriously, like honestly believing that there were aliens that had come down and visited us was uh, Chariots of the Gods by uh, Eric von, von Daniken. And uh, I, I think I've talked about him before on, on the podcast, but not regarding aliens so much as religion, because he's a devout, was, is, I don't know if he's still living, a devout Catholic. And uh, he kind of went through the entire Bible and explained every miracle as having been happened or uh, caused by aliens. And, he, yes. and and so, you know, he's like, okay, so when uh, Lot's wife turns into the pillar of salt, it's it's because uh, the alien uh, warp core uh, overheated and uh, went nuclear. And we totally went and checked the trees. He did not. Uh, and there's totally radioactive uh, evidence in their, in their bark and their cross section. And that's completely 100% fabricated. He never went to check the trees. He just wrote it because he thought it sounded nice. Uh, but you know, but that was like my first exposure to somebody who was published and believed that aliens were here and doing things. That doesn't sound to me like that person believed. That sounds to me like they were trying to make a profit off of people who had didn't have access to the internet. Well, and possibly, and this is an older book, you know, from the. I don't know, seventies or eighties, right. maybe. You so. can say whatever you want. Nineteen seventy in a pulp novel. Yes, uh, and then he made you know, and he wrote I think a couple sequels to that, and further expounded his heavy air quotes beliefs. Um, right, but you know, a further like moral character research into him. Not that that you know, and we we you know poo poo the police for doing this when they go and try and you know arrest somebody. Um. But, you know, he is uh, uh, convicted of some crime somewhere. So he's right. not necessarily the most straight-laced person. And it's different because we're not armed and, and going to try to apprehend him. We're just talking about his ideas. Um, yes. So when you say it sounds like somebody trying to make a profit, that's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. No. And I, I think a lot of it's scamming. A lot of it's scamming because I used to listen to uh, the late night NPR, you know. Okay. And uh, not NPR, it would be talk radio. And it was Coast to Coast. You ever listen to Coast to Coast? I haven't listened, but I'm vaguely familiar. 
people would call in claiming to be aliens. And people would call in claiming to be alien experts. And the hosts would have conversations with people who claimed to be possessed by aliens. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> right. And that, that's kind of uh, how I feel about a lot of the alien stuff. Yeah, and I think that is probably the biggest the biggest hurdle is if you believe or if you have found let's just say let's just say you've found concrete evidence of alien visitation. The problem is anytime you mention the word alien or extraterrestrial or uh, UFO or what have you you attract all of these like really nutty people. And as soon as the nutty person tries to associate themselves with you, you become discredited. So even if you had all of the data and you were ready to go and, and brief somebody on this, you're never going to get, get that brief out before somebody makes a crack about it or associates you with a crackpot or you know, any of those things. So it feels like it's a very difficult field to try and prove conclusively without grabbing like an actual flying saucer with an alien coming out of it. And even then, you know, with all the deep fake technology we have today and CGI stuff, like there's almost no way to know for sure. Unless you see it with your own eyes. Yeah. It's difficult. Uh, I listened to a program called Mysterious Universe. Have you ever heard of this? No. My uh, good friend, who's a crazy hippie, he introduced me to the show. Uh, and they talk about some things that are true. A lot of it is alien abduction and crazy stuff like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities in a lot of the stories. Uh, usually it's people who have... They're seeking out aliens or something of that nature, and they find it. Yeah. Right? If you look for something, you're going to find it, as the saying goes. And uh, I think that that's a big part of it, too, are people who have mental health issues potentially already convinced themselves that they're seeing something weird. I know that Skinwalker Ranch seems to have a lot of crazy shit happening at it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the government tries to put a stamp down on that, which tells me it might be just a cover-up for a military base, potentially. Uh, yeah, or they might just randomly pick something from you know the History Channel's lineup and say, let's, let's just stamp down this one thing. And then that'll keep everybody looking over there. And uh, right. we can continue doing our stuff over here, you know. Bob Lazar is kind of a similar story to that, where... You, you don't know who Bob Lazar is? No. Okay. Bob Lazar was a guy who claimed to work at Los Alamos nuclear testing facility, and he got hired to work on a secret military base that does, in fact, exist. Okay. And he claimed that there they were working on ships that were crashed, and he has a lot of crazy stories attached to that. Okay. And one of the, he wrote a book and he went on Joe Rogan. And one of the things about Bob Lazar that makes his story believable 
was that the government did actively try to unperson him in the 80s and the 90s. Okay. So they tried to deny that he worked for the government at Los Alamos, which he proved. He produced documents saying that he did. And he, they, there's no record that he ever went to MIT, but yet somehow he was hired to be a rocket scientist at Los Alamos nuclear facility. Okay. You know what I mean? Like real questionable, but well, where did he, he's got only has a record of ever graduating high school, but you hired him to be a rocket scientist at a government nuclear facility. That seems legit. He also produced documents proving that this military base of the government is denied. And then after a time admitted existed. So he knew about a military base that the government said didn't exist. And then now they say it does. Okay. And he also predicted an element on the periodic table that didn't exist yet being discovered before it was discovered. Okay. There's some interesting information that he's had. So a lot of the evidence, and it's all circumstantial to an extent, other than the Los Alamos lab thing, there's like very solid evidence to prove that the government's trying to unperson him. Yeah. And force him into a bad position in life. Uh, And he's done some shady things as a result. Again, one of those kind of things where he was caught kind of scamming people, but that was after he kind of was unpersoned by the government. Okay. And he claims that the government does have nuclear spacecraft and they are trying to learn from them. Yep. Uh, Well, and it's interesting because... Even also, in the Stephen, the way, oh sorry, I'm Go sorry on. to cut you off, but no, Bob no. Lazar also said that it is possible that it was a setup, and that they allowed him to see this stuff, knowing he would go forward or come forward to the news okay. in an attempt to uh, threaten the Russians, okay. like an advanced kind of like plot. Yep. As part of the Cold War, he it fully admits that everything that he saw might be a lie yep well that's interesting it does does very much appear that he is at the receiving end of a conspiracy against him by the government yeah for sure but anyway go ahead so and you can just get one of those Uh, it doesn't have to be alien related the government just has to decide to not like you um and then boom you're at the receiving end of a a conspiracy uh but i was going to say it was interesting because the stephen greer documentary brought up uh well and they were they were so nervous because they brought up at the beginning that these aliens are peaceful and they just want to communicate with us and and they're so advanced and you know one of the big complaints against the whole documentary is well if they're so advanced and peaceful like where are they like what are they doing you know they can't they can't shut down our nuclear sites or, or anything like that. So, but they, they, uh, at the end of the documentary there, they were kind of, uh, positing or, um, putting forth that they believed that the United States government could fake an alien invasion and that they have the technology and the aircraft to do so. And, and the average citizen would not be any wiser. Like the average citizen wouldn't be able to tell if it was a government craft or an alien craft. So I think that tells you just how far uh, possibly some of our military technology has come. But, you know, the point of that would be 
again, further controlling the populace. Or in, 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 you know, in the documentary, it would be to wage war against the peaceful aliens. Uh, but in the, I think in the government scenario, faking an alien invasion, it would be solely to control us, the people, and have nothing to do with actual aliens. Yeah, it'd be a version of Atlantia versus Oceana or whatever. I can't remember the three nation states in 1984 anymore, but yeah, or, uh, they were always it, it, at war. Yeah, it'd, it'd be similar <laughs> to the, uh, the War on Terror. Well, if you want to bring it to reality, yeah, the War on Terror is perfect. Um, the War on Ukraine, potentially. Yeah. We'll see so, in time. Yeah. I guess the the Ukraine forces pushed Russia back and then found a mass grave. But then when you think of like the two most corrupt countries in the world are Russia and Ukraine. I, I don't know about world, but like they're up there. Um, you know, it kind of really makes you wonder like when you get some of this news and you're like, well, did they really find a mass grave though? Because um, that's all the Ukraine needs is Russia to do something completely atrocious to get the backing of everybody and get a full blown like world war going over there. Let's say there was a mass grave. Was it the Russians that created the mass grave or was it the Ukrainians? I've heard no evidence to prove also that another good question. <laughs> we know that they have a very difficult time with, uh, coming out with press releases that don't have Nazi references in them. Yeah. They just released something the other day about a little boy that saluted the tanks that went by to the front and in the background there were little girls doing the Nazi salute to the same said tanks. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's the propaganda is strong. Uh well and that's something happening right here on Earth. So yeah. and we don't know what's going on over there. And uh, so I think not. it's very difficult to say that anyone, any one person would know what's going on with aliens and whether they're here or not. Right. Well, did you see the, uh, this was maybe, I don't know if it was real recent. Putin sent out a message to the American public about American inflation. Did you see that? No. It was very interesting. You should seek it out. I could send you a link. Okay. But, uh. Putin basically said that uh, America's experiencing inflation because the U.S. government has been printing money like mad over the last several years and that our money supply has been inflated by 40% and we should expect to see 40% inflation as a direct result. Yep. <laughs> more or less. It, it, it's more complicated than that, obviously. Well, it's, yeah. It, that's kind of where Russian propaganda, at least the stuff that I've seen, which we've discussed on the show and personally, it's hard to, we do, because they're banning Russian propaganda, it's even hard to know what they're really saying. We only get little snippets that happen to make it through the firewall. Yep. And uh, most of the propaganda I hear is just the Russian government telling the truth about the American government. Um, yeah. I mean, not you know, that the Russian government isn't telling lies as well. They certainly are. I just yeah. haven't happened to hear any of those lies recently. Uh, it doesn't and take a whole lot to talk smack about our government. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> in my opinion, the most effective propaganda is true. <laughs> yeah. Well, and by and large here, if you're watching American media, you only hear what the government wants you to hear. 
Uh, even even if it's something that you think is super benign, but if you watch, you know, like the BBC or, um, you know, just the different countries' coverage of the event that happened in America, it's it's sometimes it's drastically different. Well, the BBC is propaganda as well, but yes, but it's different propaganda, so they don't propagandize the exact same points that America does. Yes. So if you're watching the same news story or a news story about the same news event and you watch the United States media versus, you know, the BBC, there's going to be enough differences that kind of make you realize that somebody's intentionally messing with the facts here. Oh, yes. Uh, it's like uh, in our in our news, they try to say that Russians are being squeezed by American sanctions uh but i've i watch a channel by uh, a danish guy that lives in siberia and he's been doing updates on the prices in his local siberian town yeah and none of the prices have gone up not i mean i guess maybe it's russian propaganda but that'd be pretty deep level involvement with this fucking random dude that lives out in the middle of nowhere yeah who literally shows you with his camera, he walks into the store with the camera and shows you the prices on the shelves in the store on the side of the street. It's all a set, man. It could be a set. I'm doubting it, though. <laughs> it could be like the, the Truman Show. It's, uh, it's the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, it's the Truman Show in it's the, the wilderness. It could be. Like I say, he does woodsman videos. That's why I watched yeah. them back, you know, started watching them before all this stuff happened. Yep. But. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, I'm not even sure if he's a Russian citizen, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So I think I'm about halfway done with the cigar. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the same as, as last time, really. It's uh, been really consistent throughout. Very consistent. I don't. I've been so trying to smoke just... it a little slower this time. As am I. I'm not getting a lot of depth of character on this cigar for some reason. Nope. It's really not well-rounded. It's one note. It's a good note. It's yeah, it's but, it's a it's a fine note. Um You know, I again I think the a, I think the Cameroon was better. Yes. Yes, I agree. It's fine. It's not yeah, something I'm right fine. about. So far, we'll see. So far. Not that it's bad. It's it is something I would podcast bad. about, though. Right. Maybe it's all the alien talk that's souring my tongue. It <laughs> could be. I don't uh, think th so, though. This, this cigar is the uh, linchpin in our defense against the imminent alien invasion. And uh, they right. want the aliens want this to taste bad to uh, human palates, so right. But it doesn't taste bad, so that's that's my that's just fantasy that I was saying. Um, maybe we should put our addresses down, and we'll get some like uh, tin foil sent to us for to make some helmets. <laughs> but we can really just like cook chicken in the oven then. You're right. Yeah, I have plenty of tin foil. <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. I guess. I uh. I was really excited. I went to a store in a different town and uh, they had bullets there. 
So I actually got some shotgun ammo for pheasant hunting season. Okay, good. And some 22s and uh, some uh, gold dots. So I saw some uh, gold dots. And I was like, were oh, you, fuck yeah, I'll get some gold dots. Were, did you take your hovercraft and did, were you wearing your gray man suit? In no, other no, town? I was not. No. <laughs> I did buy a bucket of uh, 22 rounds, though. Okay. So that was nice. Yeah, I... You know, around here, the 1,400 uh, round Remington buckets, they don't have those here for some reason anymore. They get sold okay. out right away, uh, which is super disappointing in my opinion. But, yeah. Is the 22 ammo still crazy expensive? They have 45 and 40 and stuff. What do you say? Oh, I was just asking, is the 22 ammo still crazy expensive? No, it wasn't that bad. I think it was 100 bucks for 1,400 rounds. Oh, okay. Which is more expensive than it was years ago, but inflation well, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, we used to be able to buy five fifty for about twenty five bucks, so it's not completely unreasonable to spend a hundred for fourteen. I don't think. Yeah. Um, the most expensive twenty two I ever bought, I bought a box of five fifty for seventy five dollars during the Obama administration. Okay. And I had none. I had no ammo, so of course I bought it, and then I traded it. Uh, later to a guy that needed that ammo more than I. But And that's how you got your alien costume. Right, yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I needed four shot. Some four shot at uh, an ounce and three ace at 1,450 feet per second. So Okay. Just enough to go hunting yes. later in the season. That's it. <laughs> I don't really need a whole lot. Yep. I thought about buying more than one box, but I didn't. Didn't want to be selfish. Yep. So. Yeah. I wonder if there'd be any way to know, though, about the aliens. Maybe in our lifetime we'll find out, but. Yeah, maybe. It's one of those unknowable things, man. Until after yeah. the fact, you know, like. Well, yeah. And I mean, now we've got the James Webb up there uh, taking amazing photos, so. Right. You know, maybe we'll see something there, but I gotta think if there if if the alien life isn't within our solar system or just outside of it, there's no way to ever find it because there's probably way more uninhabited planets than inhabited planets. Yes. So the odds of like happening to point your telescope at one planet where there happens to be a display you can see from space, you know, millions of miles away is pretty slim. Extremely slim. If we ever find out about aliens, I'm going to predict it will be like the Gulf of Tonkin or any other false flag operation the government does. Yeah. Where years and years later, after it's no longer relevant and in the zeitgeist, the government will admit to their wrongdoing and nobody will pay attention to it. Like Dresden. still deny the government wrongdoing because the government released the information in such a way to where it didn't make the headlines. Because, of course, the corporations and the government are one in the United States, so... Yeah, there's no in, there's no interest in the news media to talk about how the Gulf of Tonkin was a fucking false flag, 
and that the United States government got involved in Vietnam under false pretenses and all those people that went there and died, died from nothing. Yeah. Well, they've been conditioning the American population for a long time, and it's only gotten worse and worse with uh, social media and everything because the the collective societal attention span is so short. Like Unfortunately. Every, like everybody was up in arms over the uh, Panama Papers and the Pandora Papers. Well, more so the first one. And then the second one, it, they came out and people were talking about it for like maybe a day and a half. And then nothing. And they were on to the next, the next thing. What about Ghislaine Maxwell? I haven't heard a peep from her about her. I haven't heard a peep. <laughs> I was at a party and my brother claimed that Ghislaine was killed in prison. And I didn't find any news sources that corroborated that. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> I think that would be, that's just some, trying to sensationalize something, I think. Right. I, he probably had some misinformation that he received on social media. Yeah. And it's like, what about all the people, though, that were listed? I, I still see that Bill Gates is moving around and doing yep. his speeches. And not every time he goes up there, is somebody calling him out for being on, you know, pedophile island. Yep. That should be the only thing they talk to him about ever again in public. Um, yep. In my opinion. Not that and, my and Bill Gates anything. and Elon Musk. Was Elon Musk on pedophile island? I don't know if they, if uh, Bill and, and Elon were there, but they certainly ran in the same circles and both have well, pictures Bill taken with, with him. Bill Gates was on Pedophile Island many times. Okay. Proven. I don't know about Elon Musk. It ne- w- wouldn't surprise me, I guess. Well, yeah. Either way. Either way, it wouldn't surprise me. Who the fuck knows? But uh, there are certain public figures who were. Yep. Stephen Hawking Island. was. Really? Isn't that shocking? On the island? From what well, from what I've heard, I don't I don't yeah. have the full list of like, you know, uh collaborated facts of That's people horrible. being there. Um Stephen you know, Baker was. And I suppose it's one of those things where, you know, if you were there one time, possibly you would be unaware, but I'd find that still pretty hard to believe. I would find it very difficult like, to believe you would go to some crazy billionaire's island and not, and not know realize what was going down. Yeah. That's not how it works. It's not like you invited me to your house and I don't know, before you lived there, there was some crazy shit going on. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> Which there was. We all know that. But Well, yes. <laughs> and we're still working on cleaning that up. Um, yes. Are you really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was going to say, no. geez, Chris, it's been, it's been some time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's like, it's one thing if you're like the average, average person and there is crazy stuff that happened, you know, like, uh, our front door got kicked in, you know, before we moved in and, um, you know, you don't just go and replace your door frame as an average person. Like if the door closes and locks and there's a steel plate there now, like that's fine. Um, we've since replaced the door, but, and the, and the frame, but, uh, you know, but if you're a billionaire, it's like, if there's something goofy that the previous owner had done, you just, you get that taken care of that day. You just pay somebody, you know? Right. Your reputation should be, would be important. 
Yeah, and if you're a pedophile and you're inviting people to your island, your private island, uh, they're gonna they're gonna know that's something they're going to learn. Like he's not gonna. It's his own private island. He's not going to tidy up all the pedophilia stuff to, no. when he invites people over. Like he only invites those people over that are into that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that the non-pedophiles just don't go there. Yeah, you know, like we've got the uh, the listening room downstairs with all the vinyl records. Uh, guess who I don't invite to the vinyl listening room? People that don't like music. That's right? why I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there. I have. I have. And I like music fun. Yeah. And <laughs> and to be fair, it was just an over the shorts kind of thing. It wasn't anything uh <laughs> Yeah, you don't fly on the on the on the pedophile palace plane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eighty times. Yeah. If uh you're not into that. <laughs> and you can't tell me like you can't tell me you thought she was 18. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're not talking 17 and a half year olds were on this Island. You know what I mean? There were some 15s and some 14s. Yeah. And, uh, some 17s as well. From what I understand, there was a few, unfortunately, I'm not, it's not a good thing. No. Uh, none of them were nine. From what I understand, of course, I don't really know all the details. I haven't looked that deep into it. Well, yeah, it's one of those things I don't really need to look deep into. Like, if your name's associated with with him, like, that's enough for me. Right. I know the Clintons were involved. Yeah. I got to say, man, this cigar has gotten very sour, and I've been trying not to smoke very fast, but I just, it's not. Uh... I think we you got to be smoking it too fast. Mine's not that bad. Okay. I mean, I'm going to put it down and kind of let it like sit, but I don't know, man. I'm just getting. Yeah. Mine's woody. I got two inches left or so. Maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd say two inches left. It's woody. It's that's, what I, that's what I got left, but it's, uh, I'm not digging it. Yeah. Mine's not, mine's not terrible. It's definitely one of those ones where you have to let it sit. If you smoke too fast, it's like, a the little cigarillos. Yeah. It's like that where you have to smoke a cigarillo very slow on purpose. And this is one of those cigars, I think, where okay. um, you just got to take it slow on purpose. Slow it down, you know? Yeah. So it probably doesn't slow match my, uh, my smoke style, but. <laughs> you used to smoke a lot slower. I did. That's true. But when you start uh, doing a podcast and we're trying to kind of finish at the same time. Which, you know, taken out of context could sound uh, kind of scandalous, but... Right. Yeah, we have to do it in a timely manner, I suppose. That's, they take what they take, man. They take what they take. That's true. I mean, I'm not trying to rush... I'm not trying to rush <laughs> through it. I just try to keep pace with you is what I try to do, so... Mm-hmm. And now that I've been smoking more cigars, too, it's easier to, you know... Smoke them at a little quicker pace, I, I, I guess. Because um, I remember when I when we first started smoking together, you'd you'd smoke almost two to my one. I do remember that. Yeah. Yep. I would light up a second cigar and be done with it about the same time as you were done with the first. Yep. Which is not a good habit to get into. 
<laughs> well, too late. <laughs> oh, well. You enjoyed them. Yes. Uh, savored, if you will. Yes. Yeah, these are definitely cigars where you have to like really let them cool, I think. Yeah. Which is okay. It's fine. Uh, it is fine. Yes. So, Aliens... Uh, I think a lot of it's nonsense. There is some real information that comes through, of course. The Bob Lazar thing is the most convincing evidence I've ever seen. But even he says that it might be misinformation by the government. Yeah. I think he might even be an agent of the government like Alex Jones. Okay. Uh, because Alex Jones is fed information by the CIA. From his own admittal, he's fed information from the CIA. So some of it's real and some of it's not real. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if Bob Lazar was a government agent in that sense. That's why it wouldn't surprise me if your uh, Siberian Woods guy is an agent of the Russian government as well. It's possible. It's, I, it's been talked about on his, in his comments, let's put it that way. Okay. And, I mean, uh, it's really tough it, to course. say. It is tough to say. And he's got a lot of good information about uh, woodsman stuff in the oh, forest. Yeah. You know, so being a person that lives in the taiga myself, I uh, enjoy his content. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's really difficult to say. It'd be very... I don't believe that it is misinformation from... Uh, Survival Russia is the name of the channel. If, if, okay. if anybody wants to go and watch it. <laughs> go do their own research. Yeah, do, yeah, go ahead and check it out. Survival Russia. Um, I don't think it is misinformation, but it is very possible that it is. <laughs> and he stopped, he kind of stopped doing that sort of content with the prices because he was getting so much blowback. Oh, okay. So I, I don't know impossible to tell really yeah especially because he does his channel in english so it is intended for uh, an american audience american and uh english yes so where the english the english speaking group is a large a large audience on the internet so that is true i do occasionally watch videos in non-english not very many. I know that there's a whole non-English speaking internet out there. But I don't participate. Yeah, we don't want no part of that. I do some. I watch, I, I'll uh, do watch videos and stuff like that. Okay. Because they get a lot of uh, watches that we don't have access to here. Yep. Uh, especially Japanese domestic market watches. Which is mostly what I'm interested in. But you could go there and buy them, right? Yeah, yeah, that, you can buy them here. No, oh, you okay. just can't get a warranty on them. Oh, yeah, and it's much more difficult to buy them. You have to go through a dealer. So, there's several dealers that you can go through. Um, even some American dealers get access to some of that, okay, very limited quantities, yeah. So same with bowling balls. They have international bowling balls that you can't really get in the States, but there are dealers you can get them through. 
Well, I just want everyone to know it took Mike 52 minutes to bring up bowling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that a comment that they talk about? <laughs> no. I just, uh, most of our, our podcasts kind of uh, go back to bowling when we're done talking about the main topic, you know. And we still have cigars left to smoke, and it's like, well, uh, bowling. Yeah, I, I fucking love bowling. <laughs> yeah, bowling season started, people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'll be doing weekly from now until uh, March, April, something like that. We'll see. Yeah. I want to do the national tournament this year. What's that? Uh, they have a big national team and doubles and singles event every year. Uh, I don't know where it's going to be this year. Last year it was in Vegas. We'll see. Supposedly they're going to start traveling again uh, to do the big national tournament. My dad wants to do it, so I'd like to go and bowl with him before he dies. But she's met a year from dying, hopefully. But everybody gets older every year, so... It is true. I would like to go on bowl with him uh, in that event at least once. And I'd like to bowl with him state this year, too. I don't think our team's going to do as well as my team did last year, but oh well. Well, you can't do well every year, I suppose. Yeah, you can. But everybody else has to do bad then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By comparison. <laughs> So, Sarah just started painting the entryway of the house, too. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, she posted stuff online? <laughs> yeah. Of course she did. She posted something <laughs> about, um, you know, reclaiming or whatever, or more white walls in the house. And uh, so I commented and said, well, if you run out of white walls there, we got plenty here. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's a big fan of painting yep which is that's good though yeah whatever paint's cheap <laughs> doesn't take much to breathe a little bit of uh, life into a room no no I want to do the smoking room eventually we have the color picked out it's just a matter okay. of getting it done but I don't care when it gets done. Yeah. Now I know what you're going to say, but I've been letting it sit and then periodically like picking it back up and it's still like just super sour. Really? Um, uh oh. Well, maybe the episode's done. Why? What'd you do to yours? No, mine's fine. Oh. I was going to say, I don't have that much left. And, uh, you know, this last, I mean, the rest of the cigar was fine. It was, it was good. Uh, it's just, uh, it's always like the last few inches uh, where it gets really super sour, so. Well, on these big, big gauge cigars, a lot of them we've had uh, a lot of success with smoking them all the way to the nub. Yeah. But these are, they seem to be more finicky to the speed at which you smoke them. Yes. Or they're not really designed and intended to be smoked to the end. That, that is could also be. a possibility. Uh, whether they'll admit that or not, it's another matter. But. 
That is true. And to be fair, we've only, this is what our third nub mm-hmm. on the podcast anyway. Um, yes. So we don't really have the sample size to say one way or the other. No, we don't. We just do one. So yeah. it's hard to be fair. Mine had a little sour note. I have about an inch and a half left. Okay. And that had a sour icky. It hasn't been great for the last half an inch, but it hasn't been offensive either. Yeah. Which is not a great recommendation. It's definitely not as bad as the uh, Cult Blood Moon. Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, you know, everything is like, we're not saying this is a bad cigar. It's just... uh... You know, there there have been some cigars that we smoked on the podcast here where the first uh, first inch, inch and a half has been fairly rough. And then, you know, it evens out and becomes a really, really good cigar. This one, uh, these nubs, they start out good. You know, they start out and then they're consistent. Uh, but I but what I've been noticing, at least on mine, and maybe it's my smoke speed, as, as Mike says, is the last two inches or so just uh, just isn't good. Um, so maybe that's just the maybe that's just how the nubs are made. I don't know. Reviews online would, uh, I guess, maybe there's a consensus online. I I didn't look. I haven't looked I either. Look. I know that they've been recommended to me by people who seem to really enjoy them. Okay. Um, I, you know, I like them. They're, you know, a good size, um, but uh, I don't like the last few inches, so I'm fine wrapping here, and uh, the the truth is out there. The truth is out there. Yeah. uh, For those who have Audible, go and listen to the Bob Lazar book. Uh, I don't know if I'd read it. I think it'd be too difficult to read. As far as that, it wasn't that interesting for me to sit down and read. Or listen to the Bob Lazar episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. That was extremely interesting, and it had all of the information that the book had, more or less. Less detail, of course, but it gets you all the basics of the Bob Lazar story. And I would recommend it. It's kind of fun fantasy, I would say. It's kind of like the... uh, Air Force guys that claim to have seen uh, Tic Tacs. Have you heard of the Tic Tac, Nate? No. Uh, there's been several Air Force pilots that have claimed to see UFOs. And a lot of okay. times it's a Tic Tac that's flying around and doing things that our, our current technology cannot achieve. Oh, okay. And the government, that's one of the things that the go- federal government confirmed was true, that they do have footage of this Tic Tac that they don't know what's happening. Okay. Which a lot of people are saying is potentially a flex and not actually alien technology. Oh, got it. Right? It's kind of one of those leaks where, yeah, we have this technology, but they don't want to say they have the technology. Yeah. One of those kind of deals. Do your research. Look into it if you're interested in aliens. Uh, Try uh, meditating and contacting them if you want to get off the planet for a little bit. Um, Otherwise, thanks for listening. Be safe, have fun. (laughs) 